On today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, Father Mark Mary Ames, the author of Habits for Holiness. We talk about the remembrance of our Christian dignity and being holy and effective witnesses of the gospel. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to another episode of Life Beyond the Chariot. We have a very special guest for our part three discussion of Habits for Holiness. We have the man himself, Father Mark Mary Ames. Thank you so much for being with us today, Father. Yeah, I love it. Thanks again for for the invitation. Very grateful to be uh, joining y'all. Yeah, this will be a fun discussion. Um, Mickey and I were very giddy before we before we got on the Zoom calls. So, thank you for taking the time. Um, will you just um, introduce yourself to to those who who haven't um, listened to the other podcasts or, or read the book yet? Sure. Yeah, my name is Father Mark Mary Ames. I am a member of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. I live in Harlem, New York at this time, uh, originally from Southern California. So from Orange County, California. And then with the Friars, I am involved with our communications. So I'm our director of communications, we're on our social media, and then a part of like a couple of other things, like we have our own podcast, the Poco Poco podcast, Sense Presents, et cetera. And uh, yeah, the author, first first time author of, of a book here, which was uh, kind of a big surprise. So um, that's a little bit of, of what I do. And I live with uh, our postulants. So the men who are just entering the friars. And so one of the great joys of my life is kind of walking with these guys as they, they begin their journey with the friars. Good. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Now, I know you said, um, how long have you been um, a Franciscan friar? So since 2009. So uh, just over 12 years at this point. Wonderful. Wonderful. And um, I'm like, I found out about this book through the podcast and Ascension Press and uh, you said that it came as a your first time author. It came yeah. as a surprise to you. What do you yeah. mean by that? Well, I never, I mean, to be honest, like writing, I, I just, I've only been a priest for like three plus years, three and a half years. And so writing and term papers and things like that was something I had to do recently. And like that, that muscle for me does like not work very well. <laughs> like, like I could talk all day to be honest, but to sit down and write is it, very difficult and so the idea of writing a book, just knowing myself, wasn't really on my radar. And really it was, um, and a lot of all the media stuff, to be honest, how the Lord's led me is it kind of was like drawn out of me as opposed to me being like, this is the thing I want to do. Here's my vision. Let's do it. And so uh, it was really kind of through a conversation with Ascension Press that they kind of proposed an idea and, and then I kind of took it and then pitched something back. And the whole time I was very much like I have, like insecure up until there was like a, a hard copy in my hand because like this is just like that this is happening is just so hard to believe yeah it has been such a refreshing book especially to read during advent and I listened to the series the the podcast series where you were breaking down the book and I was like okay I need to get the book I need to get the book and then Mickey suggested that we read it during advent but I just appreciate so much the practical 
nature of it. It's very like, because I feel like there's all of these really deep theological works. We read stuff by Father Jacques Philippe, um, or, you know, we read things by the saints and I'm like, detach from sin. And I'm like, I, okay, <laughs> like, how do I do that? But just the very practical nature of like, these are some very simple things that you can put into place, but also the emphasis on ask God what he's wanting you to do right now. Don't just try to do all the things all at once. Yeah. And that's what I have to offer. I think um, there's this guy named John Dewar who wrote a book called Measure What Matters. And he, so he's just a businessman who kind of got into Google on the ground floor very early on. And he has this, this, this line that um, ideas are easy. Execution is everything. And I think, right, to apply that to the spiritual life, like we have so many great inspirations and we know what we want to do, but oftentimes it's actually kind of the practical first steps, which are, which, which are, are the first, are kind of the hurdle that we need to overcome, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we want to be, you know, spiritual masters like Teresa of Avila, we know we have to pray. And sometimes like, if we're actually going to pray, the first step is like, okay, we need to actually schedule some time to pray, you know? And it's just like doing the work of taking people just that very kind of low kind of hanging fruit first step practical thing is actually what's necessary for them to begin the journey towards becoming the next Teresa Babila, et cetera. So there's hope. <laughs> there's, yeah, there is, there's hope for all of us. That's the good news for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something that's something that I appreciated um, when we first started the book is you just you you're like a great trailer like um, it is possible holiness is possible and I know Deanna and I have talked um, numerous times like we both have like degrees in theology but like taking that when I first graduated I thought like oh I know how to do this whole thing um, but then you get into ministry, you get married, you have children. And then that adds a dynamic of like, oh man, I don't, like, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't really know how to make it work with all of these new changes or um, wonderful interruptions from our little ones. And uh, this has been uh, really helpful and beneficial to me just as a mom uh, and a wife and just a, a, a Catholic Christian to just keep moving uh, and taking those steps because um, just kind of getting comfortable with the way of life without really spending time to focus on re-examining. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe to kind of um, to use kind of another little catchphrase thing, I think, right. Um, with, with Christians and Catholics, we don't have a, an, it, the issue is not a sincerity issue. It's a, it's a strategy issue, you know, and, and it's just right. There's, with life, with the obstacles of life, with everything that's going on, like, again, how we actually sort of follow through on making some of the changes we want to. And if you're anything like me, like, how, like, we always, okay, I want to do better at X, Y, or Z. And then I look back at it, you know, at the end of the year, and it's like, oh, actually, none of that changed. And it's like, well, I actually meant it when I said it, like, what, what, like, what was the issue? And again, it's just like, some of the very practical strategic approaches to creating a um, essentially like a rule of life or a rhythm of life that um, that kind of that works for each of us and certainly habits for holiness has kind of like a almost like a million different ideas or suggestions and the idea is not that you're going to take all of them and apply them to your life but can we get one two maybe three and kind of start there and my my hypothesis is that like, if you really, if you start praying better, or if you kind of get 
um, this area of your life, like, like with family, you kind of get that, like something where like faith is brought more in the family. You kind of get one or two of these things um, kind of off the ground. A lot of other areas of your life are going to follow. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we kind of um, hashed out uh, on two of our other podcasts is just, okay. um, Prayer and relationships. And then um, we are kind of moving into the latter part of the, or the second half of the book, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I have, uh, I love talking about baptism and our call is like priest, prophet, and king. I get really kind of giddy about about baptism and that sort of thing. But I loved how you really focus um, on that and you call it, I'm trying to remember what you call it, remembrance of our Christian identity or our Christian dignity mm-hmm. in the book. And I thought that that was, I've never heard it phrased like that before. So can, can you speak a little bit about that to our audience, what that means? Uh, yeah. So can yeah, break it? Absolutely. So first of all, I stole that. I mean, I, I think <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we cited it. Um, but it's from I don't know, it's from one of the Holy Fathers. And it's actually it's you, are you familiar with like the liturgy, liturgy of the hours, office of readings? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's one of the very the very first readings that the church gives us each Advent. It's it's and, and it's one of the Holy Fathers. I forgot his name, but it says Christian, remember your dignity. And and I just applied it in this book, particularly to just like somebody talks about um, one of the priests talks about like, we all have like these, like really f- pretending like the soul is like this really fancy iPhone and it can do a thousand different things. But all we ever do with it is like, I don't know, make a phone call or something like that. And it's like, well, just so you know, if you give me a minute, I can show you, there's like a whole lot more potential here, like in your hand. And it's kind of like that for the Christians. Like, like, hold, like, let's just like, let's just remind ourselves of like, what it means to be baptized, what it means to have, to be temples of the Holy Spirit, to have the the Lord, uh, like dwelling within us, but also like our mission as in the, the priesthood of all the baptized, our, um, our missions are, are like our kingly identity and mission. Um, you know, it's just like, and, and the prophetic call that we all have, like when we remember our dignity and the identity that comes from that, like, a lot, a lot is going to flow from that. So I kind of, I'm, I'm glad you get hype about it. I kind of, I kind of get excited about it too. It's a big deal. It's a big yes. deal. <laughs> yes. And I guess like breaking down that, that first um, chapter on the, the priest or the priesthood of priest, uh, priest by baptism. Sorry. Um, and I really liked how you focused on suffering and sacrifice, because if there's anything that Catholics could potentially do really well at suffer well like we yeah. do not waste an ounce of of suffering and that whole idea of like really offering things in our daily life that it doesn't just have to be like during it doesn't just have to be during lent um but making a daily sacrifice or um the the life i oh what did you call it the the life sacrifice or mm-hmm. um yeah or the life novena um, and, and making those sacrifices over a, a period of days. But I guess one question that I had was how do we suffer better? Um, because we live in such a, a culture that that's all about us not stepping outside of our comfort zones and just kind of s- sitting back and, and making sure that we're, we're safe and comfy. Um, yeah. but that sacrifice means something profound. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, 
so step one for all of this is always going to be like prayer um, and relationship with the Lord. Um, right. Cause we do need, we need the gift of the Holy spirit alive in us, particularly like this gift of faith, right. Mm-hmm. To be able to see and understand the difficulties that are coming our ways. Um, not just as if you will obstacles towards holiness or obstacles towards our even happiness, but that there is that the tree is ultimately um, or that the cross is ultimately the tree of life. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what we believe. So certainly a lot, like it's not something that we're dependent on doing, of our own strength, but, but it, this is the fruit of, of the life of God at work in us. Um, and then what I would the kind of the next step for most people would just being, um, taking a moment again, almost like to kind of put it under the same umbrella as Christian, remember your dignity is like, like all of these, these sacrifices and these things that are happening in your life that are part of just your ordinary, like, um, state of life. Mm. Um, it's a way to, to kind of see the extraordinary and the powerful in the very, very ordinary mm. and mundane. You know, I think of, um, it's easy when you think of like, whatever, like as the friars, cause there's something like, so kind of like set apart and explicit about maybe our life and our sacrifices that it's like, Oh, the fact that I, I live in New York and I wear what I wear and I live with who I live with. It's like, Oh, the fact that that is what I'm doing all of that because it's what God called me to do. It's like, it's, yeah, it's just so unique. It's like, oh, of course, you know, whatever. I'm wearing sandals because of my call, right? Or my beard or whatever it is. But for those for those of you who like are in a kind of more common state of life, like being married, like having children, et cetera, how, you know, your cooking dinner or your being up in the middle of the night to take care of your kids is actually part of you fulfilling the mission that God has given you. Sometimes seeing that is a little bit harder. Um, so I like one, one example is um, I, I call it maybe, I don't know if you've heard on the podcast, the corporal works of, of mommy. Have you heard yes, this before? Yes. <laughs> and I think that's exactly what I'm talking like. It's like exactly the thing like, Hey, like when you're, when you're working to provide for the family, when you are welcoming a new life, when you are um, cooking, cleaning, bathing, all that sort of stuff, like you're fulfilling the Matthew 25 stuff. And, and, and so when you can see it like in scripture and you can see that like, I'm doing this for my child, but also like, that what you did for my least the least ones like you did it for me it can bring kind of a new meaning and understanding and therefore value to some of these daily crosses that we carry so that's that is um i mean that's certainly i think uh, a place to begin and then secondly is just uh particularly for catholics we can move very quickly to like okay i want to add something i want to give something up i want to do this something extraordinary it's like let's just begin by like seeing all of the crosses and all of the offerings that life itself is already giving us. And, um, to, I, and we, as I talk about in the book is, is to really intentionally, particularly during the offertory at mass is to like, to place those on the altar, knowing that they're kind of being, they're being taken into, into Jesus himself's offering to the father. I can't tell you how much I appreciated you um writing about that in the book because I tend to be someone of extremes like if I'm not exercising then my next step is run a marathon <laughs> I'm, you know if I'm praying a little but I need to do more I'm like okay daily mass holy hour you know all this other stuff yeah. and my thought had been that well if I do these extra big things then it will make the some I don't want to say smaller but um sort of the more daily things that I do all the time that that will make it better. And I've realized that I've stressed myself out and not only have I 
poorly fulfilled the new penances that I've sort of tried to take on, but I actually haven't been improving much on embracing those daily, you know, just the daily struggles that come with momming, wifing, you know, yeah. um, all of those other things. Yeah. And that's, that's a struggle. That's, that's a struggle that most of us, I think, um, experience, particularly as a, like a Franciscan friar, as one who works with new men, like, we're all coming into this, particularly this life, like, kind of like a little bit idealistic and kind of like, we want to do the hardest thing. And we want it to be kind of like dramatically hard. But then when it comes down to um, whatever, like doing cleaning up the dishes of like the brother who didn't clean up his dishes, that is the thing that like drives us nuts. And it's like, hold on, we're, you know, whatever you're, <laughs> you're eating bread and water for 40 days, but you can't be patient with, you can't like do an extra dish. It's like, we're, we're missing something here. And so um, really, I do think the best stuff, the most important stuff, but also the most difficult stuff um, is the suffering and the sacrifices in, involved with the ordinary, particularly because they don't have like that, that kind of like sugar of excitement of like, this is something hard. This is something different. It's just kind of like the, the manna of everyday life. Um, but also, I think that's where... Um, it's the most fruitful stuff, but also where we need grace the most to, to recognize it. Oh, that's such a great way of putting that. And I wanted to, to kind of turn towards um, the prophets by baptism and living a provocative life. Um, that really struck me. And especially as we're thinking about evangelization, because we're part of the St. Philip Institute of Catechesis and Evangelization. And I know like even just understanding what it means to evangelize um, beyond just like giving people information, but ultimately like we want to help lead people to a relationship with Jesus Christ, but that we can do that. I mean, first and foremost, not with um, necessarily like podcasts or fancy videos or anything, but it's by the, the living witness of, of who we are. Um, because you break that open um, more. I know you, you talk about like authentic, articulate and anointed evangelization as far as being effective. Yeah. And I think maybe the first thing to begin with is I certainly think of evangelization in somewhat of a narrow understanding of evangelization, of like evangelization, evangelization of like giving a talk or meeting somebody and like explicitly talking to them about Jesus or doing some apologetics or catechesis. And that's 100% part of it. Um, but if that's like what I'm thinking about, like when I'm thinking about like evangelizing, it kind of makes me nervous because I don't want to, I don't necessarily think like the right thing to do when I'm like getting gas is like, hey, do you have a minute for me to share my testimony or something like that? Right. You know, it's like, it, there's something about it. It's like, I don't want to be weird or whatever. Um, I will be if Jesus asked me to be weird, but you know what I mean? Um, and so I do think the first part of, for me at least, some people call it pre-evangelization, but being a, a prophet of the good news of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. is just by, by loving people and receiving people and mirroring back to them, their dignity. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, like developing and being men and women who build trust, like, and who remind people of like their goodness, like that, that is a great place to begin. And that is actually some of the best stuff that creates the soil for evangelization, for bringing them and introducing them to Jesus. Like if I go up to a stranger or even a friend or family member and they don't deeply know that I care about them and love them and I start talking at them, 
um, without even just like listening to them first, it's probably going to not be that fruitful. But if they feel listened to and they feel loved and they feel reverenced, then all of a sudden, like the door starts to open for mm-hmm. me to invite and to introduce them to Jesus. Right. So, so I think, I do think just kind of a broader understanding of what we're talking about is helpful. And then, so what is it? So, so authentic and what was the authentic anointed articulate, right? Yes. All right. Um, so, so again, like you gotta, you, you gotta walk the walk, right? Um, at the end of the day, the fruitfulness of all of this is the Holy spirit and it's the work of God. Like the Holy spirit's the first evangelizer and he's the one who's going to make it fruitful. And, uh, and so that's like the number one thing. Um, and I, and I think there's a number people, people are watching us, right. People see us, people pay attention to how we, we speak about one another, love one another, et cetera. And, um, and they don't care if you went to church on Sunday, they don't care if you have a holy card, like they care if you like act in a Christian way. Right. So it's gotta be authentic. Um, anointed is just kind of what I just kind of, uh, basically similar is, is again, it's got to be a work of grace and guided by grace. And then articulate, uh, it's just like, there is, a, we're not super great at it. I'm sure your listeners are, are already practicing it. And it sounds like both of you have done a plenty of work in this as well. It's like, it's really helpful to actually know a little bit of what we're talking about. You know, we can, we can sometimes romanticize like a super simple faith. And, and there is something beautiful about that. Um, but kind of classically from doctors of the church and theologians and Augustine and Bonaventure, exact, like, et cetera, like it's actually more helpful to have a, like an authentic kind of simple childlike faith. That's also complemented with a real deep knowledge of the truth of our faith and of Jesus. And when we can bring that together, it's like, now we're sort of very powerful evangelizers. I love that. And I love how it's also connected to, and you mentioned this, like being joyful uh, because I think as Catholics, um, some we're really good at being grumpy, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and um, grumpy evangelizers, uh, but provocative joy and yeah, just if if we are if we are not joyful, if we're not living this out authentically, why would anybody else want to join the team? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I remember in high school, um, or really just growing up, and I went to a Catholic school, but, um, and I'm sure there were people who were joyful there, and I, and I was a little kid, but I can't remember, other than my sixth grade teacher, she was amazing, Sister Carmel, so she's out there, love her, um, she was just like, you know, had fun with us, um, but also taught us, but other than that, I, was, I would probably have a hard time naming people who taught me who seemed excited and maybe they were, maybe I was just didn't want to be there. I don't know what it was, but, um, but I remember thinking, I just don't know if I want to do this because I didn't see that like joy, you know, like Mm -hmm. you need to come in, you need to be quiet, save your questions for until the lesson is over. Uh, you know, and I don't know, eventually I came to love the faith. I love being Catholic and, um, I love sharing that. Maybe, I don't know if I can share it too much, but I try to bring down the, <laughs> the craziness a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I do. And I think that that's something, um, I don't know. I mean, I, again, it's a natural fruit um, and you don't want it to be like a fake joy, but I think mm-hmm. maybe sometimes people may struggle with how can we, well, I don't know if you think they struggle. I think sometimes they struggle with like um, 
like reverence and like making sure that you keep this hierarchy with God. Um, Cause if you're, I don't know, people say too happy, it's not as reverent. I don't know if you have, see, I'm not articulate cause I struggle with <laughs> communicating. I'm tracking. I'm with you. But, okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so how, I mean, cause I know, I know people who um, love the faith, but how for for other people to see us as joyful, like, does mean you always have to have a smile or like, what does that look like? Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. We have this, this saying in the church, like that the Catholic church is at, at is, is both. And right. It's like, it's not, we're not, we're not this or that we're not, you know, um, reverence for God. We're not like truth or mercy. We're, we're both we're not reverence for God or like compassion for our neighbor. Um, or like, yeah, like, like reverence liturgically with like intimacy and, um, familiarity with God like the, and that's why it's so hard because we're trying to really kind of keep these together um in, in this union right and it's modeled off off of you know uh, Jesus Christ who's who's both God and man right that this this that he is kind of the the ultimate of this both and um and so so what do I what do I kind of think I think um our our faith it's number one our faith is going to be kind of authentically expressed according with who we are as well Mm -hmm. you know and so there are certain things in the church which are kind of standardized um but there's a lot of space for uniqueness as well right and there's a lot of space for being yourself and so if um if you kind of really love the quiet and maybe the reverence or maybe the traditional like beautiful there's space for that and we're not you don't need to start doing like hand motions and stuff like that for, for songs or whatever. Like we don't need you to be, be fake. Um, and then kind of vice versa. Like if, if, if you, you know, like you, you like things that are a little bit more expressive, a little bit more emotive uh, there, there is a place in the spiritual life of the church for that. Right. And, you know, um, and so I do think I don't like, I don't want those who are a little bit kind of more serious or somber to feel like, they have to put on like a fake kind of like giddiness or whatnot. Um, or yeah, but, but I would say is this is probably like enjoy can't be reduced to again, like a happy clappy sort of manic expression, right? Like mm-hmm. um, mother Teresa is one of the great saints of our time was like, <laughs> she was serious, you know? Um, but there's something about like, I think in particular the experience of joy when we encounter one another and it's like there's there is something discernible that's this intangible of when we meet somebody and they're a man or woman of peace and they're a man or woman who recognizes in me some sort of dignity right and I do think that is something that can take express can be expressed very seriously it can be expressed very kind of quietly and, and somberly but they're like when we meet one another and we encounter somebody if it's a neighbor if it's a friend if it's a poor person again does does our countenance and our response like mirror to them like hey i know that you are made in the image and likeness of god i know that we are mm-hmm. saved by the blood of the lamb mm-hmm. and like there's just there's there's something there i think yeah, and as you're talking, I'm like, that's just it, you know. Um, and I think it's something that we know, like in our head, but like 
that when we encounter people, mm-hmm. right? It's that, about that relationship. And um, I just feel like things are so, like just in general, busy. People are so busy and caught in a certain way of life, maintaining a certain status quo, or just have gotten comfortable with the rhythm of their life that, that we forget about the encounter. And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, this is kind of a recent thing for me. It's not in the book, but it's, it's a kind of related is basically our inertia and the busyness of life makes it very, very difficult for us to have the space to actually kind of reflect and think and make kind of changes. And um, so I, I've been recommending and I, I really kind of believe in it is if, if you're kind of, if you're kind of running through life, and you feel like maybe you're being invited to make some changes, even if it's just like developing some small prayer schedule. Um, I've used it with people who like, they want to work with the poor, but they don't really know what it looks like. Well, okay, like, can we create some space? And so maybe it's like for two, can you just, can you carve out 30 minutes a week for like two or three weeks? So like every Monday from whatever, 8.30 to nine, I'm just gonna create a space where I'm going to, reflect and think about how like where I can schedule in prayer or I'm going to reflect and think about um, how I can actually work with the poor and just give ourselves a little bit of space um, for praying for like for vision uh, for brainstorming etc because if we don't do it very intentionally our lives just aren't going to have it happen naturally and we're just going to end up next year exactly where we are this year and that's like that's for most of us that's like not what we're going for yeah no that's so helpful and i know we're coming to the the end of our time together and again we're so grateful for you and your witness father mark mary um yeah i guess just maybe one final you know for the person who's maybe just starting with the book or is looking at next year like what you just said about carving out just a small space and really reflecting on like, how am I going to, to, to make this more intentional moving into the new year? Um, is there any other encouragement or um, wisdom that you would impart on that person who's just like, I'm, I, I'm trying to take things poco a poco, taking the baby steps, um, but I'm just not sure where to begin. Or it's just overwhelming to think about all of the different options for, for trying to grow in holiness uh, in the next yeah. year. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, but I do think, um, and I, I proposed, you know, a 30 minute space for whatever, um, kind of brainstorming, but maybe it's just like, Hey, can you, like, we're not going to worry about everything, but can we maybe create, can we carve out just like 10 minutes just to kind of prayerfully look at the new year and, and think about, um, yeah, what, like what we want to do. And then maybe, you know, at the end of that time, you create like another 10, 10 minute space for kind of prayerfully considering that, you know, I think um, if it's like a health goal or if it's whatever, like for the most part, we attack it like 125%, like out the gate and it's just not sustainable. And it's because we want results very quickly. We want whatever. And it's like, and it's similar with our spiritualized, Hey, like, like, like I want you to slow down and start small and not to come into the new year with like 12 things on your, I'm going to change this list, Yeah. but maybe just like 
start with one creating space like the little by little kind of spirituality like it's it's real and i believe it's 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 fruitful and just i i like the the stress or the anxiety of the urgency of all this like like that's just not of the lord mm. and just to to really trust that that he's willing to to even start crawling with you like just like like baby steps you know um and that um yeah, he he loves us in our smallness and our littleness, and he sees us, and he, he and he knows the struggle. Oh, I love that image of Jesus crawling along yeah. <laughs> with me. I needed that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Father, where can people find you online or in the world, or just the wonderful things that the CFRs are doing? Sure, I think kind of consistent with um, the topic here. Probably, you know, if they want to pick up habits for holiness, they can go to Ascension Press. Uh, so it's ascensionpress.com forward slash holiness. And then, um, you know, another great, we franciscanfriars.com is kind of a great hub to kind of see what's going on with the friars. And we have a media page there, which lets you know kind of what we're putting out. So, so probably the website would be a good kind of next step. Okay. Or the podcast, Poco Poco yes, podcast. Absolutely. But, we will put all of that in our show notes. Cool. Um, for sure. But Mickey, any, any other questions you wanted to, to throw out there? No, I, I mean, I have a ton, but I know, right? you know? <laughs> we could spend another 30 minutes here with you, but thank you Easily. again, father. We are so grateful for you. Will you close us with prayer and give us your blessing? Sure. Of course. And just kind of a word, like y'all are so good. And, and the, the sincerity and the genuineness of your faith and your walk with the Lord, it's just, and and the work of grace in both of your lives is just super obvious. So uh, I'm very encouraged and grateful for this time of just more than anything. Can you see a, a little bit of how the Lord's working in your own lives? It's beautiful to see. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, let's go ahead and, and pray a little bit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we beg your blessing upon Deanna and Mickey and their families and their loved ones and their ministries and their hearts. We pray for all of our listeners, Lord, that... Uh, we may experience the peace of being your children, the dignity of our baptism, and that we may make uh, kind of the next steps towards this new year uh, in your grace guided by you. Lord, may you reveal yourself again to be a good shepherd who leads us to still waters and green pastures. And to the prayers of all the angels and the saints, especially the seraphic saints, St. Francis, St. Clair, and Our Lady of Guadalupe, may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you both.